Good morning, Maranatha. This is Pastor Evangelist Robert Venable, and it is time for Sunday Morning Alive, right here on our website. We pray that you'll stay tuned to this sermon this Sunday morning, or whenever you are hearing this Sunday morning broadcast. Uh, we want you to, to hear what God offers us today in terms of hope. And we're going to find that in particular in the book of Hosea. If you have your Bible, please turn with me to the Old Covenant, to the book of Hosea, Hosea 13, verses 4 through 6. And we're going to title this message, Hope from Hosea. Because if there was hope for them in their condition, there is hope for us in our condition, both nationally, globally, and personally today. Hallelujah. I'm glad I serve a God who is called in the new covenant, the God of hope. Fill us with hope and believing. Praise God. Amen. Listen, today, if we ever needed a word from the Lord to give us hope, we need that word today. You are not in a hopeless circumstance, and you are not a hopeless person. And America is not a hopeless nation, neither is any other nation on this planet. God stands ready to be reconciled to all that will humble themselves, repent, and come to Him. Because with a humble and contrite spirit, the Bible said He will nowise turn away. We sing a song, we love a song, uh, that comes out of the Celtic world. And it, and it says that, that, that our sins, they are many, but His mercy is more. That is the reason and the only reason for hope today. Now, I want to read to you a, a, a something that is just a pattern uh, in world history concerning nations that have become exceedingly blessed and have forgotten God and have ended up being destroyed. And there's a pattern for every nation. One of the latest uh, of them would be Rome itself when it became a world empire and one of the richest nations in the world and then fell with such a great, great defeat and decimation. Prosperity brings pride. This is the pattern. Prosperity down through history. And someone said something about world history that there's anything we've learned, learned about nations in this pattern in world history is that we have learned nothing from world history. And we need to learn from world history. God resists the proud, but He gives grace to the humble. Hallelujah. Listen, prosperity brought pride and pride brought self-sufficiency, and self-sufficiency in gratitude, and ingratitude ended up causing people and nations to forget God, and ultimately forsaking God. And when they did, they were vulnerable to the, the nations around them, and they were vulnerable from, from destruction from within. So in the writing that we're about to read from Hosea 14, beginning with verse 4 through 9, the time of this writing is 750 years before Jesus. And the place is the northern kingdom of Israel in its declining years, just before the Assyrians conquered and destroyed it. 
Hosea is a prophet of God sent to tell Israel of their sins and God's reasons for the impending overthrow. Their sins were many, but Hosea's message can be reduced to one overarching problem. The people have forgotten God. And God recounts Israel's history to show what happened and how they had forgotten Him. The failures of the Israelites are written down for our warning so we don't fall into the same trap of forgetfulness that they did. God makes His case against the people in verse 4 of Hosea. God brought them out of Egypt in the Exodus, and when He delivered the Israelites from slavery and bondage in Egypt, this was a physical picture of our spiritual salvation. After He saved Israel, God supplied all their needs and cared for them in the desert wanderings. Finally, He brought them into the land of Canaan. Once there, he fed them. Literally, he pastured them as a shepherd does his sheep. He fed them till they were full, until they were completely filled, stuffed, and satisfied. When they were filled and satisfied, they became proud. That's the pattern, you see. Prosperity brought rebellious pride, and they refused to depend on God or be subject to Him. They attributed to themselves the honor which was due God for all their blessings. They failed to acknowledge God as the true source of their great abundance. He warned them, when I bring you into that land of milk and honey and you, you eat and you're full and dig ore from the mountains and build houses and your, your pastures increase, that you forget the Lord thy God and say, mine hand hath gotten me all of these things. My hand hath gotten me all of these things. And you forget the Lord thy God in the keeping of His commandments. You see, prosperity brought pride which made them forgetful. They forgot God. They turned away from Him. They rejected Him as God and abandoned their worship of Him. They looked instead to the demon deities of the pagan Canaanite religions. And this is precisely what Moses, through the Holy Spirit, had prophesied about and warned them about in the book of Deuteronomy. We're going to read what they forgot to make sure that we, as Christians, do not make the same mistake in our blessing and in our prosperity. Because God takes pleasure in the prosperity of His servants. He giveth us all things richly to enjoy. But He doesn't want us to forget Him in the process. Let me read this from Hosea and see if there's any hope for us today. Amen. Hosea chapter 13 verse 4 through 9 says, Yet I'm the Lord thy God from the land of Egypt, and thou shalt know no God but me, for there is no Savior beside me. I did know thee in the wilderness, in the land of great drought. According to their pasture, so they were filled. They were filled, and their heart was exalted. Therefore they have forgotten me. Therefore I will be unto them as a lion, as a leopard, by the way will I observe them. I will meet them as a bear that is bereaved of her whelps, will rend the call of their heart, and there will I devour them like a lion. The wild beast shall tear them. O Israel, 
thou hast destroyed thyself, but in me is thy help. O Israel, thou hast destroyed thyself, but in me is thy help. You can see that pattern when Jesus came and looked over Jerusalem as a religious system became dead and and irrelevant as far as helping anyone. (laughs) And he said, Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, how many times would I have taken you under my wing as a mother hen does her chicks, but you would not. Oh, friend of mine, and then Rome conquered them and, and, and desecrated the temple and, and crucified about a million of them. Friend of mine, I want you to know today, it is a dangerous thing to forget God and in pride push back when He appeals to us to repent. But there is hope today because our help is still in the Lord and in no one else. Number one, they forgot their Creator in Deuteronomy 32.15. It says, But Jeshurun, speaking of Israel, has waxed fat and kicked. Thou art waxen fat, thou art grown thick, and thou art covered with fatness. But he forsook God which made him, and lightly esteemed the rock of his salvation. They forgot their origin was from God. Deuteronomy 13.5, Jeshurun is just another name for Israel. One translation reads, grew fat and kicked, filled with food, became heavy and sleek. He abandoned the God who made him, rejected the rock, his Savior. The people forgot their origins, they where they came from, and who created them. Deuteronomy 32.18 says in the paraphrase, You deserted the rock who fathered you. You forgot the God who gave you birth. They did not remember that God made everything, even themselves. And when we forget that God made us and that He has a claim on our lives because, number one, He created us, when we forget this first thing, we're on the verge of forgetting Him completely. We've taken the first step toward forgetting God and the second step is not far behind. Deuteronomy 32, 18 says in the King James, Of the rock that begat thee, thou art unmindful, and thou hast forgotten God that formed thee. We're admonished to remember that God is our creator, especially when we're full of youthful energy and strength. Ecclesiastes 12.1 says, Remember, now thy Creator in the days of thy youth, while the evil days come not, nor the years draw nigh, when thou shalt say, I have no pleasure in them. Forgetting God is our Creator, by not acknowledging Him as our Sovereign Lord and King, will lead us to an irreverent, disobedient attitude. And they forgot, secondly, that salvation only comes from God. Deuteronomy 6.12 says, Then beware lest thou forget the Lord, which brought thee forth out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. Today, we are in a situation where many people, and many even Christians who are supposed to be looking to God as their source, believe if we can just get the correct 
political party. And don't get me wrong, we need to vote. We need to be actively involved in the political system. We need conservatives in office. But that is not our salvation. And no president can be our savior. Remember, there is help in the Lord. That is our hope. And that is our only hope. They forgot that salvation was by God and God alone. Deuteronomy 6.12, God reminds the people, as He often does, that it was He who brought them out of Egypt. He was their Savior and Rescuer. Be careful that we do not forget the Lord who brought us out of the land of slavery. God reminds them of this in Hosea 13.4, I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of Egypt. You shall acknowledge no God but me and no Savior except me. The second we lose sight of the fact that it is God and God alone who is our Savior, we're on our way to the third step in forgetting God completely. Isaiah 43.11 says, I, even I, am the Lord and beside me, There is no Savior. When we forget God, we look for substitute Saviors, don't we? Gods who are no gods. Isaiah 47, 12 and 13, listen. It says, Stand now with thine enchantments and the multitude of thy sorceries, wherein thou hast labored from thy youth. If so be, thou shalt be able to profit. If so be, thou mayest prevail. Thou art wearied in the multitude of thy counsels. Let now the astrologers and the stargazers and the monthly prognosticators stand up and save thee from these things that shall come upon thee. In other words, you've looked to the occult. You've looked to to man. You've looked to his intelligence, his ingenuity. You've looked to every, every source but me. Well, then let them deliver you from the things that is coming upon you. One modern paraphrase puts it in in striking terms. It says, call out the demon hordes you have worshipped all these years. Ask them to help you strike terror into the hearts of people once again. You have more than enough advisors, astrologers, and stargazers. Let them stand up and save you from what the future holds. When King Saul was in the blindness of rebellion, he sought out the witch of Ender. It's a very short step from forgetting God to looking to and for a substitute, isn't it? First Samuel 28, let's read it together today, 5 through 8. When Saul saw the host of the Philistines, he was afraid. His heart greatly trembled. And when Saul inquired of the Lord, the Lord answered him not, neither by dreams, nor by Urim, or by the prophets. Then Saul said unto his servants, Seek a woman that hath a familiar spirit, that I may go to her, inquire of her. And his servants said to him, Behold, there is a woman that hath a familiar spirit at Endor. And Saul disguised himself and put on other raiment, and he went, and two men with him, They came to the woman by night. He said, I pray thee, divine unto me the familiar spirit and bring me him up whom I shall name unto thee. Oh, friend, 
when God doesn't answer in time of trouble, when God doesn't deliver as He promised, when we call upon Him and heaven is brass and God is silent, it's time to remember and it's time to repent, not evade the real issue, which is forgetting and forsaking God. Amen. Remember, remember what Saul did? He said, bring up a prophet that will speak unto me and prophesy unto me. And it shocked her when the God allowed that prophet to appear. And she didn't bring him up or conjure him up. It had nothing to do with a lying familiar spirit. It had everything to do, amen, with Saul seeking the occult instead of the true and the living God. That's how far he had drifted from the Lord. And he was still adrift. And look at the great folly and the great defeat when he and Jonathan were hacked to pieces on the battlefield. Oh, friend of mine, it was as if they were never anointed. It was as if they were never anointed. Woe, daughters of Jerusalem, weep for Saul and Jonathan, weep for them. They clothed you. They bejeweled you. They brought the spoils of war. They couldn't lose a battle. They were swift as eagles in battle. Oh, publish it not in Gath. Tell it not in Ascalon, the two capital cities of the Philistines, lest the daughters of the Philistines rejoice. It's going to make front page news when the leader of Israel has fallen, the king of Israel, the anointed king of Israel, that you could not defeat in battle when they were right with God, is now hacked to pieces, literally hacked to pieces on the battlefield, turning from the prophets to a, a wicked witch to conjure up a prophet that it would tell him what he wanted to hear instead of what God had to say. We must remember that God is our Savior, dear friend. No other. We must remember our deliverance is from the, from the enemy, is from the Lord. And we need to trust in Him exclusively. Psalm 78, 40 through 42 says, How oft did they provoke Him in the wilderness, grieve Him in the desert, Yea, they turned back and tempted God and limited the Holy One of Israel. They remembered not His hand nor the day when He delivered them from the enemy. I want you to know when the doctor says there's no cure, when the neurologist says it's inoperable, when the psychologist says it's incurable, the financial consultant says you're in too deep, and the marriage counselor says it's way too late. We need to remember that God is our help. And that is the hope from Hosea. God is our help. And He tells ancient Israel and He tells the nations of the world today and He tells America today and He tells us today, Return unto Me and I will return unto you. He's obligated to judge. He's obligated to chastise. But they are corrective. They're not mean to ultimately destroy. Even though it looks like there is no hope. God tells ancient Israel in their terrible disobedient condition. Their enemies are prevailing over them. But he reminds them. In the book of Hosea, O Israel, thou hast destroyed thyself. You brought this on yourself. 
but in me is thy help. Hallelujah. That's the hope of Isaiah. That's the God of hope. Hallelujah. Whose mercies are new every single morning. If we would get as excited about a God-sent Holy Ghost revival in America and seeing repentance in America and seeing restoration in America as we are about a political party or a political person, what do you think God would do if He once again became our source and our sovereign? Oh, friend of mine, oh, dear, dear Christian today, God is speaking to us. God is speaking loud and God is speaking clear through vessels that will listen and deliver His message. You know what we're told today, what the ancient prophets were told? Cry aloud, spare not, lift up thy voice like a trumpet and show the house of Israel their sins and my people their transgressions. You see, it rests at the door of the true church. I'm not talking about religious institutions that have forsaken God and and become absolutely godless in the name of worshiping Him, a form of godliness that denies the power and purpose thereof. I'm talking about the remnant that is left of true believers who truly trust in Christ as their Savior and God as their Sovereign and their King who look to no other as their source, who will not meddle in the occult and will not, will not, will actually rebuke the, the, the unfruitful works of darkness and come out of that darkness and walk in the light as He is in the light. If my people, which are called by my name, would humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked way. I will hear from on high and I will heal their land. Hallelujah. Why? Because in the, in the worst of scenarios, the worst of circumstances in Israel, God reminds them in Hosea, O Israel, thou hast destroyed thyself, but in me is thy help. They have hope because God offers help. Even when they didn't deserve it, even when they were, were really receiving the just judgments against them, in His mercy, God offered them help. God offered them forgiveness. God offered them restoration. And that offer stands good today. Right here in America and any nation of the world, hath a nation changed her gods? What a question to ask. Has a nation changed her gods? Yes, they've forsaken me, he says to ancient Israel and to us today. And they've hewed them out cisterns, broken cisterns that can hold no water. But God still stands and offers mercy and offers forgiveness. But we can't keep operating in pride and self-sufficiency and expect to see any semblance of victory. Our enemies will continue to prevail over us. We'll continue to know the bitter taste of defeat instead of the sweet, sweet taste of victory. 
But God is offering us victory today. It's not too late because His mercies are new every morning. Lamentations 3, Israel's going into captivity. A prophet has preached, his name is Jeremiah, his whole lifetime to turn, to repent, to come back before it's too late. And now they're being carried away captive into Babylon. (laughs) And Jeremiah is broken when he sees this occurring. It seems so hopeless because they are so helpless. And he says, when I consider Lamentations 3, the wormwood, the gall, the bitterness, my soul is humble, literally, in the Hebrew, crushed within me. But this I recall to mind, therefore have I hope. Thy mercies are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. Even though they brought it on themselves, they were self-destructive when they turned from God. It opened the door for their enemies to prevail. All of this they brought on themselves. It wasn't God being unfaithful. It was them being unfaithful to God. But in pride and arrogance and self-sufficiency, they forgot who created them. They forgot who bless them. They forgot who brought them out of Egypt and brought them into the land of milk and honey. In their prosperity and pride, they forgot God. So it is, is it impossible to be blessed without forgetting God? If we would learn the lesson from history and the lesson from the Word of God and the lesson from how God operated to help people who were so self-destructive, who brought all of this upon themselves. And yet this God says to them, O Israel, thou hast destroyed thyself, but in me is thy help. In returning, hallelujah, in returning, when God turned the captivity of Israel, they couldn't believe that kind of mercy, that kind of grace, that he would actually help them when a new generation in Babylon as slaves begin to renew their faith and trust in God and repent of their wrongs, He began a mighty work of deliverance and restoration. Hallelujah. It wasn't too late. And they said when He brought them out of Egypt... And he brought them out of Babylon. <laughs> we were of those, we were like those that dream. It, we thought it was a dream. It was too good to be true. Is this truly happening? All our hopes seemed to be gone. But you see, their help was in the Lord. When they returned to Him, He returned to them. And He restored them. And He recommitted Himself to the covenant that He made with Abraham concerning them. And He gave them something for all their hopelessness. He gave them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. And He established them and called them the trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord. Listen, friend. There's a righteous remnant left here in America. 
We are a remnant. There's no doubt about it. But we are a righteous remnant. The scripture is very clear. Except there was left unto us a very small remnant. We had become as Sodom and Gomorrah. But this righteous leaven is very pertinent, very important, and very powerful. Because a little leaven is the spiritual law and the spiritual, the spiritual principle. A little leaven can begin to leaven the entire lump. But that leaven needs to be be seen today, heard today, observed today. That mighty revival among the remnant must occur in order to affect the world about us and our nation and our families and our children in particular. I'm part of that righteous remnant. How about you? Praise God. And I'm calling upon the Lord for a mighty move of the Holy Spirit. There is no program, no political agenda. There is nothing short of God's intervention that will help us in this nation. And today I believe that there are people listening right now by divine appointment because we are the salt of the earth. We are the light of the world. And it's time to take the bushel off the light. It's time to hold it high. Praise God. It's time for spiritual warriors to enter into the arena of spiritual warfare with spiritual armament. Hallelujah. And do battle for the soul of this nation to see a mighty last day revival in America and all around the world bringing in the last harvest before the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ and the great tribulation. Oh, today God is calling. God is calling and God is speaking. Amen. This is a nation in great peril as the nations of the world are in great peril. The perilous time has come because it is the last of the last days that we have entered into. But there is help offered from God. Therefore, have we hope today. Hallelujah. And that's exactly what God told them through Hosea. Your sins have brought destruction to you. And I have allowed it and permitted it because of your sins of forgetting me. But, O Israel, thou hast destroyed thyself. You brought it on yourself. But in me, isn't that gracious? In me, isn't that good? In me is thy help. He stands ready to forgive the repentant. He stands ready to restore even you who drugs may have decimated and desecrated. He stands ready to help us for repent of our sin, call upon Him in humble dependency, begin to obey Him again and commit to Him and Him alone as our source. Help will come and that right early according to the Word of God. God will not tarry. Praise God. 
Amen. We love you today. If you don't know Christ as your Savior, He can help you. He can deliver you from that prison of addiction. He can forgive the sins that are so many. Remember this. Our sins are many. His mercy is more. And new every morning. Run to Him. Repent of your sin. He will help you. He will heal you. He will deliver you. He will save you. In Jesus' name.